Shushbox Podcast, a safe space for self-expression, healing, and empowerment. Brought to you by Chani Ra, writer and artist. Self-love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle. And Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. Today's episode discusses how the US Supreme Court has recently refused to block a Texas abortion law, which basically prevents women from having an abortion after the six-week mark. With absolutely no exceptions, even in cases of rape and incest, the court voted 5-4 to against blocking the country's most radical law, which will impact over 7 million women of childbearing years, living in one of the biggest states in the US. The decision goes against the famous 1973 Roe v. Wade, which was a landmark decision of the US Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the US protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. This usually can be any time up until a fetus can survive outside of the womb which is normally between 22 and 24 weeks of pregnancy. So, what do we think? I think it's made it very difficult for women to go and really have space to have that option. Uh, Most women don't really know that they're pregnant until after six weeks. It only gives a woman, I mean, that's really two weeks after your missed period to really figure everything out. And I feel like because everything has been pushed back between such a small time constraint, it doesn't give a woman to number one, figure out if she is or is not pregnant on top of the time that it takes to get a doctor's appointment set up, especially because it's going to be so compacted now that there's less time Um, on top of the time that it takes to figure out it is an abortion something that you legitimately want to do we need a good amount of time to figure out what our legitimate options are what the pros and cons the consequences the emotional physical financial mental repercussions of what it takes what it means to either have an abortion give a baby up for adoption or to go through with your pregnancy and then the financial resources that comes into all of it, especially when it comes to abortion. Um, Some women don't have that type of financial income to be able to make that decision very willy-nilly, if you will. Um, And on top of that, the time that it takes to take time off of work to get the procedure done, as well as the time that it takes to recover from the procedure on a physical level, as well as the the time that it takes to emotionally recover from everything that's going to be happening uh, as a woman goes through that experience or as a, a, a vagina owner goes through that experience. So to me, it seems like just a very unrealistic and unaccessible approach to this portal of what it means of rearing a child into this world. Yeah. And I mean, basically what it's doing is it's taken away that choice because within six weeks, you're not going to know that you're pregnant. Like you just said, it's a, it's literally like missing one period, you know? So even that, that missing of the period, it's basically taken away that choice. It's not like within those six weeks, if you did find out you're pregnant, you'd then get the abortion. It's basically, you wouldn't even know until at least six weeks. Right. Yep. 
but we should call that what it is because it's intentional right like they don't actually want women to have the six weeks like they've done that on purpose because i feel like a lot of people like most people that i know find out they're pregnant it's like they're eight weeks already you know especially taking into consideration like even what you're both saying like you know that's two weeks after your period is decided that's if your period is irregular which a lot of people mm. is not so it's like some people would have to go like two to three weeks missed to even realize they've missed a period because they don't even know when their period's due. So I just think when I hear so many conversations about all of that and da, 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 it's just intentional. They don't want anyone to be able to get an abortion. It's not like, oh, they've done the maths wrong. They've done the maths exactly how they wanted to do the maths. And that's yeah. <laughs> I agree. And I think one thing that's also kind of silly about it too is that these, and I love men, I think men are very magical beings, but it's men that are passing these laws when it comes to the female reproductive system without really truly understanding the cycle, the flow, the dynamic of what it means to have a menstrual cycle and how women regulate that and how we're in touch with that or aren't, you know? Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's going back to it, but it's so basic, but like, why are men making choices on women's bodies? They're not living in these bodies. Why is it a man's decision on what a woman should do with her body? It's like confining women. It's that restrict, it's going so backwards and it's like restricting women to even making choices. It's like, oh no, no, um, we'll make the choice for you. It's like, we're not, we're not um, trusted enough to make our own decisions. Mm. And I think it's also one of those things where it's like, they've all just got, this is how I imagine it in my head. This may not be what happens, but it's how I visualize it. They all just sit in a room and they're like, oh, who, who doesn't believe, who believes we shouldn't kill babies? Oh yeah, we all love children. Okay, yeah, let's just ban abortion because it's murder. And it's like, yeah, that sounds good. That makes me sound like a really good person because I think we should bring every baby into the world. And it's this sort of like dreamland where like every child will be born into the perfect. And it's like, they just all be like, yeah, I sound like a good man by saying this. Let's all vote that. There's no logic. There's no anything behind it. It's just like this really outdated, antiquated way of thinking. That's like, oh, every child deserves it's like well it's not even a child yet it's just like a a cluster of cells (laughs) like what's it called like a zygote i don't know what that word is (laughs) oh i should have looked that up before this but yeah it's like it hasn't even become an embryo yet or a fetus or anything it's like the stage before so yeah i just think it's just a group of men in with their head in the clouds sounding like good christian men or whatever they want to call it but it's just it's not that it's it's really violent it's an attack on anyone that has like a womb basically yeah i'm mad that's what i want to say i'm angry i mean i feel like jacqueline you've got a lot to lead on this because i don't know if anyone listening knows that you're based in texas yes (laughs) ma'am dallas texas i don't want anyone to come and hunt you down One thing yeah, that I don't think they're really taking into consideration is the grand scheme. And I've said this before, but the grand scheme of what it means to what pregnancy is on an emotional, mental, physical level. And then another thing that I think is very silly on, I feel like the way that they created this bill was very, very, very clever of, okay, we're going to allow you guys to have the option to get an abortion, but only within a specific amount of time that realistically isn't accessible, but at least you have the option. The state isn't going to... um, enforce the law, but it gives people, private citizens, the right to enforce the law. So your neighbor, a friend, 
a somebody who lives across the street has the ability to find this information about you, about the clinic, about the doctor, about anybody who has um, given you support or assisted in your journey of choosing to get an abortion and take you to court and basically sue anybody who kind of comes into that. And to me, I feel like that really ingrains this this cord of lack of trust within human relationships, because talking about your abortion is already a sensitive topic. And there's already this very deep level of intimacy and vulnerability of, is this person going to judge me? Can I open up? Can I do this? Can I do that? And whenever you trust that person, not only do you have to think about those things into consideration, but I hope nobody would. But now there's this extra piece of somebody can kind of sue me for taking this decision, if that makes sense. So I feel like it ingrains this bigger distance of connection that is needed and support that is needed after that decision takes place. And, uh, and I think it's very interesting, too. It almost feels like a little bit of like a bounty hunter dynamic to it, because it's like if you are successful in suing this person, then you gain a minimum of $10,000, which is like, why is there this financial incentive behind this law? And once again, I feel like the state legislation is really like wiping their hands clean because it's not them that is enforcing it. It is the people, private citizens. Um, so yeah, I think that that is very silly as well. And then when it comes to getting sued in general, when it comes to abortion clinics and women clinics, I feel like they're already not as funded as I believe they should be. And so much of their time and resources is going to be scraped because now they're going to be getting sued even more than before. And I, I just feel like so much of that energy and that direction and those time and the resources are being misplaced in, in, in argument and judgment versus the empathy and the opening and the understanding and the freedom of what it means for beings to have the right to an abortion. I mean, it's crazy if you think about it. It's like saying that your neighbor knows what's better than you, better for you than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it mm-hmm. makes no sense. How how does anybody even know your circumstances? Like you were saying, how do they know that you're you can bring a child into this world? It's not just about the giving birth. It's the whole bringing a person into the world and offering them a life, creating mm-hmm. a life. That's real pro life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess the life isn't just like a heartbeat an actual life like you're saying is like the life you're actually going to live when you're in the world um and I was reading something earlier like some hypothetical situations that will be able to happen because of its law and it's saying like if somebody is raped and gets an abortion the rapist can then get them sued (laughs) like do you know what I mean so it's like yeah it's what you're saying it is making really untrusting situations and I think the financial thing is particularly twisted because you know how many people need ten thousand dollars you know what I mean and anyone that's sort of living like under the poverty line suddenly has this way of getting money you know how many people can you think of that are in like toxic relationships where somebody would report their ex because they were you know what I mean all of these kind of dynamics and then you're going to get paid out of it and this and that I just think it's really um egging people on to do something bad it was just that extra Mm. twist of the knife like oh and we can have you hunted out and we're going to put a reward like when I mentioned actually that you were in that area I had a reason that I wanted to ask you because a lot of the time like you see news from other countries I know in England a lot of my friends overseas were asking me this question and when Brexit happened which is nothing to do with this but it's like you obviously we just see the news 
but do you feel like this law is actually reflective in the people because sometimes the state will like pass a law or make a rule and you can see they they're really informed by like way that area is and other times you can see it's like very very self-serving but i guess you wouldn't know that unless you're in the environment because i know like the area that i was living in it was like hell no nobody wants to leave the eu but some people are down this place are so i'm just wondering like what the vibe is in terms of abortion in general yeah that's a really good question i think that it's going to be subjective to any Texan that you ask because of the type of environment or the community community or the people that we surround ourselves with. I surround right. myself with very liberal, very open-minded, women's rights, pro-choice mm-hmm. types of individuals, um, people who are very conscious when it comes to some of the programming and the systems that are in our society that are or are not okay. Uh, so for me personally, I would say the vibe is progressive and heartbroken. Mm. To be like, those are the two words that are really like heartbroken from the fact that this is even something that needs to be discussed at this level. Um, The amount of people that it's going to affect in the future, the amount of people that it may be affecting right now who have had abortions and just having this flare up of this law come up, triggering them in that sense as well. Um, And then, and then the progression of, okay, what are we going to do about it? Mm. What are our legitimate options? And I know that advocates for, that are pro-choice are still going to continue to fight this law, um, if that's the correct language. Again, I would have to do my own uh, more research on that because this is just something that I read very briefly. But uh, yeah, within my community, there's just heartache and progression. This really sucks, but what are we going to do about it? How can we hold space for the, all the emotions that are coming up? Um, and then act in a way that is emotionally driven because I think we have the right to be angry and I think we kind of have the right to say like yo this isn't okay but at the same time allowing the steps that we take forward to be something that can actually be beneficial for everybody in the process. Uh, I was having a conversation with one of my best friends and we invited her boyfriend to get involved because we're like okay let's get a male perspective into this conversation and uh, one of the things that he was saying was that when it comes to a certain point, so they're they're pretty financially stable and they already have their babies. But one thing um, that he wanted to say was like, should this be a repercussion for people having sex? If they're, if your concern is I'm not financially, emotionally, mentally, or physically stable enough to rear a child into this world, then should I abstain from sex? Should I practice celibacy or abstinence? And while I do think that's a very good argument, one of the things that I wanted to add to that was that I don't think somebody not being ready to bring a child into this world should be a form of, I want to say the word punishment, because to me, I think embracing each other's bodies and embracing our sexuality is such a big part of our selfhood. And I don't think that us restraining from sex out of fear of bringing a child into this world should really be part of what sexuality means, what sexual intercourse means. And so with that being said, I feel like, yeah, there's so many uh, avenues to birth control, but sometimes things happen. Sometimes the condom slips, sometimes we miscalculate, sometimes we uh, don't take the pill. And again, shame and fear really shouldn't be tied into the way that we choose to interact with our partners, whether it's casual or lovemaking. I completely agree. And I think what you're saying about contraception is so true because I feel like it's complicated enough as it is to not get pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Like things we, and it's always the woman's having to do all of this stuff, um, let alone this like terror factor. But I think you raised a really good point there about like, um, should people just abstain from sex? Because I was reading something earlier and I also 
know people that have had this exact experience where they've decided I never want to have children I absolutely like do not want kids so they've tried to go and get you know their tubes tied or whatever and the doctor will not let them Mm-hmm. It happened to someone very close to me, and I'll, I'll say it because I know that they're very open about it. But um, she went when she was 21 and was like, I don't want children. Like, just do it. And they said, No, 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 you're too young. She, every time she's gone for a doctor's appointment, pretty much since then, she'll mention to them, like, Oh, by the way, can I get it yet? It's, she's 36 now, 37. They still will not let her get it. So you're too young, you might change your mind. But then added on to that, I was reading like a Twitter thread by this woman that had the same problem she wanted to do it and she went to the doctor and they said no um don't, don't you think you should consult your husband about this first but the husband had an appointment on the same day for a vasectomy and got it no questions asked wow and I, another friend of mine their husband wanted to get a vasectomy because they had all their kids now um and it only got stopped because of covid got in the way of the appointment but there were no questions really asked it was like okay cool we'll schedule you in but for a woman to get i don't i can never remember what the the medical term for a female vasectomy. What is it called? I just know, yeah, the slang getting your tubes tied, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I the word. Um, I feel like I sound so like, anyway, but I know that, yeah, when you go, you can't just go and schedule that in. You can't make that decision for yourself. So where does it end? Because it's like, okay, you say, you, if you, you should only be having sex if you want to have a child. Okay. So then you make the decision for yourself. Okay, cool. I'll stop myself from permanently from having children. No, are you sure? What about if you meet a husband? What about, you know, all these questions, it always sort of comes back around to like, Oh, what would your husband say about this? Like, it's like, I think a lot of people in power just can't see past this thing that we're just supposed to be mothers. One of the things that is really screaming at me whenever you were sharing these stories is it sounds like they don't trust us with our own bodies. Yeah. They don't trust us to make our own decisions for our future, which to me, if we look back at history, to me, it sounds like something that's very deeply ingrained in the relationship that a male has to a woman. There's been so many times where our virginity is tied to our worth, and that's something that a man can sell. There's so many times where the reason that we receive a man's last name is because all of a sudden we, we, we become property, like we're not our own individual beings. And even though we have moved way past that in the Western world, it still seems like this is a belief system that they haven't fully caught on to the fact that we are our own sovereign beings. Yeah. We have a legit, like we're wise enough and trust ourselves enough to make this very giant decision of, yes, I do want to experience motherhood or no, I don't want to experience motherhood. And while of course, if we're in a, in a union with our partner, this is a conversation that should be on the table but at the same time, trust the woman that she had that conversation with mm-hmm. her partner, or if she's single, she had that conversation with herself and said, okay, yeah, this is something that I'm going to do point blank period. And so it's just very apparent to me. I literally, like, I have a, a, a red alarm going on in my mind of like, it sounds like they don't trust us with our bodies. And to that point as well, which I think is, I say, I say funny, it's not actually funny at all, but it's just like, oh, this again, it's like, I very rarely hear people get a flat out no when it comes to like a procedure that they want, they're going to tell you the risks, but people trying to get their tubes tied, a lot of people will get a flat out. No, wait, wait, wait. I've never heard someone get a flat out. No, no, you shouldn't get a BBL. Mm. Get a boob job, get your butt done, get lipo. You know, we're going to tell you the risks, but you can do it. But this, mm -mm, no, we did not perform that surgery. And I'm like, okay, who is this serving? I'm not saying people only get surgery to serve like the male gaze, but I'm just saying like from a, doctor's point of view i'm like okay why is this very dangerous procedure 
cool, their choice, they know the risk, but this not so dangerous procedure is <laughs> like, no, we can never do that. I don't know. I just think it's insane. That's a really good point that I didn't even think about. Yeah. Also, I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but vasectomies are reversible. Yeah. So you have, you know, if a man, if all men actually, imagine the world, if all men had vasectomies, like as young as possible, and then it's a conscious decision about having having children. You know, you can be having sex, you can be enjoying it with your partner. You don't even need to be thinking about these things. Mm. And it's reversible. Yeah. 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 And I feel like they really market vasectomies to sound permanent because a lot of people, myself included, was like, I was very like, what? Is this a new type of vasectomy I didn't know about before? <laughs> like, and I still have friends I chat with to this day that are like, no, it's not. We had to Google it. Like, no, it is. Like, they really try to make you think that it's not. It's like the secret. But then that also makes me think about, do you remember when they were testing out the, the pill for men? Did you ever read about this? V- vaguely. So they were testing it and then people, they were getting the feedback and people were reporting weight gain, mood swings. So they stopped it and said, oh no, this isn't good. What do you think we've been dealing with the whole time? Like, Literally. Oh, it, it actually enrages me to no end when I think about this. Um, it's, it's literally inverted. I feel like the world sometimes is just inverted on itself. Like, it makes no sense. It's very warped in the ideologies that we've created within society. Because one of the things too, like I come from a very like machismo um, family and machismoism is like uh, men are on this very high pedestal and can't show any traits of femininity without being weak, just to kind of give a, a right. brief definition. And when I've talked to my family about, um, or in general, when we talked about vasectomies in general, I've heard so many of my family members that are men saying that automatically makes a man gay or that does, that takes away his manliness. If he all of a sudden like it's, um, uh, uh, the vasectomy. And I think that's just so interesting the way that we've just warped dynamics of our value and what it means to be a man and a woman or non-binary in general. I know that's kind of slightly off topic, but that was just something that I kind of wanted to throw in of we're kind of warped in both male and gender values and roles, if you will. Yeah, I mean, this whole um, law now with women, it's its taking it back and literally, you know, bringing it back to stereotypical roles based on gender. It's saying that a woman, uh, you know, their main purpose in life is to have a child. Mm-hmm. Imagine being, you know, if you, if you like you were saying earlier, if you just don't want to have children, that's actually a choice. People live happily, happy lives not having children. So mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the bill's getting passed and then we're bringing these children into the world, we're ill-equipped in the sense of we're just not prepared to be having children. We don't want to have children. Okay, we've got pregnant within six weeks. We have no choice to get rid of the baby. And then how are we going to bring that child into the world? What is the government even going to be doing to make sure that life is going to be a good life? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, I mean, this new law is like something completely different. But even before this law was passed like another sort of cultural difference is in the UK is free to get an abortion it's in, it's part of the NHS wow I, and one thing that I, when I like obviously I've had one and I was like, I always thank god it's free kind of thing when I was younger mm-hmm. but I always think of this which is like in countries where you have to pay for an abortion people are not getting them because they can't afford them but then it's like if you can't afford an abortion what makes you think you can afford a child 
and that's one one way that I think it's super flawed. I mean, now this isn't this law's taking it to a new level. This government is so it's in such like a what's that word like in a vacuum of its own sort of beliefs. Because where is the consideration of okay, so we're gonna uh, make this law because we believe we're really passionate about um, children and everyone having children and you know sex should only be for be procreation. Okay, if you're gonna walk that walk walk it properly and say, but we're also going to give this financial aid to single mothers. We're going to give this and this and this and to the foster system and to the mental health care. Like they haven't put anything else in place. And that's yeah. how I know that they're not serious about they re- like really caring about this. It's just mm-hmm. like a power play and a big fuck you to everyone basically. Yeah. One thing that I think would also be really important if they were going to walk that walk is to provide realistic and healthy sex education to the young people. Where we really know what healthy communication is, what boundaries are, contraceptives are, how our bodies work. Like if we are going to educate ourselves and support ourselves when it comes to rearing families and making this wide decision, let's get it from the root and build it up, you know? And then another thing too, one thing, whenever I got mine, I remember I was telling my girlfriend, like, I was so grateful that I had the financial resources to get it done. Like that was not even a, a thing that I was taking into consideration or that I was really worrying about. And I remember telling her, like my heart was aching for the women and for the vagina owners that I know who, who that, like that was an additional stressor onto the entire situation that was going on. And I feel like for women that have a uh, higher income coming in, they can very easily go to Arizona or go to Oklahoma and get this procedure done still versus women that are coming in from lower income and are not able to make that travel on top of, like I already said, take time off of work and all the other things that go into this process. It is just the word that I keep hearing is like unaccessible. This is just mm. an unaccessible avenue to health rights, abortion rights. And what you were saying about travel, I mean, I was drawing parallels with something we had over here when abortion was illegal in Northern Ireland. There was a huge scene of a sort of like underground abortions that were extremely dangerous. And I 100% guarantee it's going to be replicated now um, in Texas, where it was either people were offering to do illegal abortions for whatever amount of money and people that desperately needed them or wanted them will just pay it and end up in really dangerous situations because obviously they're not regulated or it was people trying to travel out of the state and then having complications once they get back home and not being able to travel out again to get things fixed. I don't want to tell anyone they've had an abortion. I mean, there was a really horrible case here where um, someone was traveling back from an abortion and ended up getting sepsis, I think, and dying of like blood poisoning in transit from this long journey they were doing on the train to go and seek out an abortion. I just think, well, I would say it's not been thought out, but I feel like this is exactly what they want. They don't care. That's the problem. Like, I feel like I'm giving them too much credit to say they just haven't done enough research because I just don't think they have that much compassion to even want to do the research. Um, So that's one thing that really, really concerns me when I hear all of this is just like, why is it this you're going to say you're pro-life or this doesn't sound very pro-life to me. Mm -hmm. The amount of lives that are going to be in danger do not sound pro-life for me. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying earlier, is it even a life? And you know, when you were talking about, it's a collection of cells, they can't survive outside of the womb. So that's the whole debate. Like, is that actually a life or not? Well, I would just mean either way, it's just not our business. (laughs) Like that's the, the bottom line. Like, 
Uh-huh. I feel like this is one of those situations where you have to just take your personal beliefs about what you would do and just not apply them to other people because at the end of the day, having a child is going to be a lifelong commitment. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. And even if it's not going to be your lifelong commitment, which I also foresee is a lot of people will be giving birth and then putting their kids straight up for adoption. We all, <laughs> I'm sure everyone has heard stories about what the foster care system is like. It's another, yet another incredibly flawed government system. Um, where are we going to put all these children? Are they going to take them in because they're so pro-life? Is that what's going to happen? No, that's not going to happen, you know? I think an additional thing to that, if we're really going to think about pro-life as well, is the life of the preteens, teenagers, and adults that are, if they do choose to come through with this pregnancy. Like, are we providing people on a systematic level, on an educational level, to be be able to emotionally regulate themselves, to be self-aware, to be able to have this really solid relationship within themselves before bringing a child into this world? You know, I feel like people are kind of just saying, okay, well, you chose to have sex. These are the consequences. Now rear this child because pro-life. But are we really looking at the quality of life are we really as a society providing tools and resources so that each individual person has a high quality of life and existence within themselves and i feel like that's a really big route to to bringing a child into this world in a healthy manner of course everybody has the right to do it wherever they are in their life but if we're going to be pro-life like let's really enrich in the relationships that people are having with themselves so that bringing a child into this world is that much healthier that much more beautiful that much more stable and that much more realistic yeah. yeah, I agree. And I highly doubt that the law is going to come with a six weeks to enlightenment crash course so we can all <laughs> <laughs> you can hear about the people who've actually consented and had sex. You know, they, they've had sex with somebody they maybe wanted to. Um, what about the people who, you know, are victims of rape and incest and they're not even getting the option so imagine the trauma they've already gone through from having that whole experience happen to them and then having to carry the child of that experience that they you know probably don't want to have there's it's like trauma upon trauma upon trauma it's there's no choice it's taking out the choice there's not even an exception for that yeah i think that's a really good point that you raise as well um it's incredibly absurd with the fact that they did not let an exception for that to come into place like i'm really speechless i i I don't understand that lack of consideration, that lack of sympathy, that lack of empathy towards survivors at all. And some some survivors may want to. They may say, okay, you know, I went through this and it was really ugly and it was very painful and I'm still choosing to give birth to this child. But every survivor deserves that choice and a realistic time frame to be able to make that decision for themselves. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And I just think it's good that we're talking about this because I feel like this topic especially is one that people seem to think is a sort of like shocking headline that like happens every once in a while, but it's actually a lot more common than you think. That's why I wanted to say, Zanita, I was really happy you brought it up because my way of researching is I talk to a lot of people. I like to go and learn about people's lives. And if these, these people, and that's what I think about everything in the world, like these kind of laws, racists, homophobes, it's like you don't talk to enough people. If these people would go out and just have conversations, they will see how common this is and how many people have been in that position where they have been raped or raped by a family member or something. And they, there are children in this world walking around freely now that are from those situations. And there are hundreds of thousands of people that have had abortions from that and 
yeah, I just think we should talk about it because it's not a rarity as mm-hmm. it sounds. And mm-hmm. it's very easy to write things like that off as, oh yeah, like it, it, it's just a bit of news that happens what, every time it happens or you see a headline about it because it's so shocking. No, this is people's everyday lives. Like go out and have conversations because it happens a lot. Yeah. One thing that I want to add when it comes to the rape and incest portion of it is expanding the concept of sexual assault when it in insects in and getting pregnant from that. Um, coercion is a form of sexual yeah. assault, blackmail, manipulation, um, kind of like being like, yeah, I want to say that those three things too, like if you encounter a sexual um, engagement in that manner and you end up getting pregnant, I feel like that's also a right that a woman should ha- or anybody should have to say, okay, this is not something that I want to go through with because look at the root in which it happened. And there's still weight that is stored in my body and in my psyche that I don't want to continue to carry on with. And once again, so is that pro-life because you know that this, this unborn child is going to be raised by a manipulator, someone that uses co- methods of coercion a rape. Do you know what I mean? So where's going to, the mental health going to be for that? The mental health support, sorry, going to be for these children that are going to have to one day possibly find out that this is the situation, even if in some dream world, it all worked out and everyone became best friends in the end. Do you tell them that? That's another decision for the, the parent, the person that carries the child and for the child. I just don't, this is why, I, they should call it something else than pro-life because I just don't think that's the that's the right term. They only care about the life until the baby comes out. Really. They don't care about, exactly. What about the, the woman who's gone through those experiences? And also, just going back to your point earlier, so with this whole, there's no exception if it's rape or incest. So that means, essentially, that if your abuser knew that you was wanting to go and get a, um abortion, they could, in fact, you know, report it and they actually get paid yeah. for abusing you. Oh. Yeah, I'm speechless on that. Yeah. You muted yourself, Sunita. Okay. I know, because I'm swearing a lot, actually. It's literally, like, that is a joke, though. Come on. Like, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And then I just thought, like, putting that information about, like, oh, um, you can get paid kind of thing into the hands of dangerous people like that. And maybe I'm getting really off, to- off track now, but this is just where my mind's going. I'm thinking, okay, I'm in- immediately envisioning some sort of fucked up business cycle where they're going to be trafficking people, mm. getting abortions, and then making the money from it. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, it's a disgusting thing to say. But- God forbid that yeah, ever God happens. Forbid, but... I just think as soon as they added a dollar amount onto this, those are the kind of people they're appealing to. Wow. You've literally just hit the nail on the head. It's going to be like this whole underground. um, That would definitely happen because there's people out in the world who think that way and think about so much about, you know, human trafficking is is already a huge issue. So this is going to be like a sub level of that now. And what are you adding? Not only are you adding some more money into the, into the business and I'm doing air quotes to everyone that's listening because that's it's not a real business it's crime yeah um, but it's also legal money ah but it's not even like money they're gonna have to launder or like hide away because they got it selling people it's money they're getting legally so I just think I mean I haven't got any evidence that that's happened but I, I'm just thinking like if, if we're having this conversation right now and we're just three people that do not work in the government and these are the things that are immediately coming to our heads, then what the hell conversations are going on in the actual people that know the actual law and 
that, like deal with the crimes every day like why is it a blind eye being turned to that do you know what i mean like because we're just three people we're three intelligent women but we don't work in there in those places the choice shouldn't be based on gender, right? Like you just explained there, there's good and there's bad people. It doesn't even matter about the gender. People think differently. People go into the world and act differently. The choice should be, that's why it's so important that choice is not about gender. And this is like a huge restriction based just on gender. Yeah. The situation of everyone's pregnancy is different as well. So how can you make one rule for everybody? And what you were saying just then about gender, because um, obviously I keep seeing like, obviously I've been doing research and looking and obviously we're, we're in this kind of community where we talk about these topics a lot. So I'm seeing what a lot of my peers are sharing. And there's a lot of reminders, like, you know, don't just use the language women all the time, because obviously it's not just women that can carry children, which is 100% true. And my heart goes out to anyone that's affected by this law. but enrages me even more that those non-binary people you know trans men these these people are so marginalized to the point that i don't believe they were even considered in this law like i don't even think it was like the government trying to stick their fingers up at those people as well i don't even think they can open their mind enough to the fact that it's not just women and i'm not saying oh if it was just just women like yeah it's fine but I, I don't like saying that, but I really believe that, that these, the people that are in power don't have a grasp on who their community are and who the population mm. are. They don't want to, anything they don't like is not going to exist. They don't like abortion, let's make abortion not go away. They probably don't, don't even understand the concepts of being non-binary. I think it is just a huge um, display of ignorance is what we're facing. I, I think it's disgusting. <laughs> You're so right. You're literally so right. It's because they haven't got a grasp on on real day-to-day life. They're not going out and having conversations with people. And that's why I think everyone should talk to different kinds of people different than them, even if you're just following someone that's different than you, to see how people differently than you live. Because I always guarantee that if people would just open their mind and have these conversations and met people, are you going to like every single person you ever meet in your life? No. But I guarantee you it will be very hard to be as prejudiced as these people are if you did, you know, open your world up to different types of people. And I just feel like that is very rainbows and holding hands and smiling. But like, it really should be that simple, but it's not. Um, and I guess it is like it's a reign of terror from people that are just crazy insecure and, it's a, and they're living in fear anything different anything that's like not ye old, it's like just stop it and if you if you think about it too like four weeks would be the day of your missed period so you really have two weeks to kind of figure it out I know that we kind of already said that but it's like you literally have two weeks to figure it out yeah and even then, on top of everything else, all the decisions that you have to make, the appointments you have to make, the money that you have to find, the conversations that you have to have. Yeah, it's just an un- unrealistic, unaccessible, absurd law. The Shushbox podcast is brought to you by the team at Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.